college football week one is starting off with a bang. South Alabama is messing with Tulane when it comes to Mardi Gras. The Panthers are restarting with a new culture. Josh Jacobs isn't holding out anymore. The Colts wanted Jalen Waddle for Jonathan Taylor. Alabama's linemen are huge, so will they run the ball? The Patriots only have one quarterback on their octave roster. How And how will SEC teams do in week one? Football season is back for week one and all this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I am your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Sub 14. Joining us always is the sponsor by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore Sport underscore. You're home for all sports in different forms and varieties. At the time of this recording is the end of August, which means tomorrow is going to be the first day of September. And you know what that means. Week one of football is back. I know last week I was saying how we need to be excited in regards to week zero. That was a joke. Week zero is great. Week one is so much better. You've got all the football teams playing tonight. It's going to be really great. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be such a great time. So really with this, you know, there's so many things that we can discuss here. You know, what are the expectations? Really the expectations are is that everyone right now has a shot to be the national champion. And I know someone's gonna say, oh, not everyone. Yes, everyone gets a clean slate. Everyone starts out zero and zero and has a chance to be the national champion, you know? And I know it's gonna come down to which conference are they in or their strength of schedule. Because I know a lot of people are picking Georgia, some people are picking Alabama. And some people are going to play USC, which is very weird because USC just gave up so many points and their defense is not good. But right now with this, you know, there's just so much to be excited about for week one because this is the best part of fall when football comes back. Yeah, I know some people are going to say, well, it could be, you know, the pumpkin patch or it could be, you know, the cider or the beer. No, it's football. It's football. It's 100% football. And it's amazing stuff that we love to see. Now, first and foremost, who's on upset alert? Well, in a sense, everyone. You know, it's hard for me to just say, oh, no one's on upset alert because anything can really happen in week one or week two. You're still getting to know the team. You're still trying to figure out what's going on here at this time. So it's definitely, you know, very important to see what we think here. But when I look at it right now, it's definitely interesting because there could be an upset between Florida State and LSU. There could be an upset between South Carolina and North Carolina. Duke could upset Clemson. I, I don't think that'll happen, but anything's possible. That's what's so great about college football is that everything that happens is so unexpected. Now, also, can another school from the South win the college football playoff. It's possible. You look at the past few years and it has been a team from the South that has won. I think the last time a non-team from the South won was the 2015 game and that was Ohio State. Aside from that, it's been Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, or LSU. And that's not saying anything necessarily bad, but I mean, you know, the South is much more well-known for college football. Now, what are we going to learn from week one? Well, it's really hard to tell. I mean, you know, there's so much that we can learn, but also we can't overreact. I mean, look, people were just saying how Sam Hartman is looking like the best quarterback. Well, yeah, because he was the only quarterback who played. 
So I feel like right now, you know, there are going to be a lot of stories too. There's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out. We really don't know what could happen. Anything is possible. But at the end of the day, you know, just get excited because week one is here and it's so great to have it back. We've got Memorial Day week. No, Labor Day weekend. I'm so sorry. We got Labor Day weekend and we've got games from Thursday through Monday. Isn't it amazing? Now, moving on to our next point, which is something that's very important to me as it comes from back home in Mobile, Alabama. So I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, which is in Alabama and is home to beaches, Jimmy Buffett, music and Mardi Gras. That's right. Mardi Gras started in Mobile, but the University of South Alabama is taking this claim and showing it in the face of New Orleans faithful. Now, I love New Orleans. You know, I root for the Pelicans and the Saints. I was just in New Orleans a few weeks ago. It's one of my favorite cities. But with this, I just kind of have to laugh because it's so funny for what South Alabama is doing. They have stickers on the back of their helmets for the football team that says Home of Mardi Gras. And they released a video as they are playing Tulane this weekend. And they're playing in New Orleans. And Tulane fans are mad. New Orleans fans are mad because New Orleans is saying, we perfected Mardi Gras, but Mobile people, people who are from Mobile are saying, well, if you perfected it, why'd you cancel it that one year? We still had it. And I'm just sitting there and I'm enjoying this all. Now, here's the thing, though, too. In recent years, it would have been considered that this game might not have been a big deal. But this year, it's going to be very big. Now, you might be saying, well, why? Well, Tulane, remember, they had that terrific win against South Carolina in the Cotton Bowl last year. They returned a lot of their players, including Michael Pratt. They're pegged to have a really good year. But don't count out South Alabama. South Alabama has been very active. They have a lot of players who are returning. They're pretty experienced. And I think with this, you know, it's very important to see what can happen. You know, right here, right now, you know, Tulane is the defending AAC conference champions. And they won 12 games last year. But here's the thing, too. South Alabama has played upset before. They've beat San Diego State. I believe they beat Mississippi State one year. So they are a very competitive team right now. But also, you have to look and think about Tulane, who has to replace Tyje Spears. So I think with this, it can be a really good game, and it's something to be very excited about. It's a bit of a sleeper game. And then obviously, you know, it's Mardi Gras mania. You know, it's so fun to see Mobile and New Orleans go back and forth about the who started Mardi Gras. And obviously, you know, I'm from Mobile, so I will say Mobile started it. And I know New Orleans is going to say, well, we perfected it or we did this. I understand that. But you have to go to the original. And I think with this, it's something that could very much continue to grow. Now, could we see a South Alabama Tulane rivalry? Maybe. I think that would be so much fun because here's the thing. Mobile is two hours from New Orleans. You have so many fans from Mobile who will root for the Pelicans or the Saints. You get games broadcast for the Saints and the Pelicans in Mobile. I think it's something that we should definitely consider, and I'm all for it. 
but get excited. This is definitely going to be a game that you should keep your eye on. And, you know, it's going to be on at the same time as the Alabama game. But still, you know, this could be a game in all in all very much fun to watch and just see what happens. Because I think this Tulane team can be very exciting based on what they're building off of, based off what they had last year. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Now, obviously, final cuts had just happened and a lot of players were cut because it was time for the 53-man roster. And with this, the Carolina Panthers did, in a sense, a cultural reset by cutting Matt Corral, Shai Smith, and a few other players who were drafted by Matt Rule. But here's the thing, though. Matt Rule had 24 picks from 2020 to 2022. Of those picks, 13 of them are no longer on the 53-man roster. I know that Matt Rule wasn't the best coach. I know that he's better for college football, but still, they moved on so quickly. I know Frank Reich is known for building a good culture. He had that when he was in Indianapolis. I know they talk about the revolving door at quarterback and then him being fired, but still, he built a pretty good culture. And it looks like they're trying to build that in Charlotte. You know, you've got Bryce Young, who's going to be starting. You've got a lot of wide receivers like Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo. I believe you have... DJ Chark there. So I think with this, you know, anything could really happen. And you've got a pretty good defense too. You know, Jeremy Chin, JC Horn is there. Brian Burns is there. So I feel like with this, they're trying to build something new. And it stinks that they have to get rid of, you know, players who didn't really get the opportunity like Matt Corral because he was hurt. But still, I mean, you look at it and think to yourself, well, Maybe he'll get another shot. And it wasn't like he wasn't going to be, you know, necessarily bad or anything. But when you get hurt and you miss a whole year and then you get the number one overall pick, you kind of have to say, yeah, your time is over. I mean, it was Matt Carell, Shai Smith, Keith Taylor, Stanley Thomas Oliver, Brandon Smith, and Deontay Brown. And they were cut. So with this right here... I think it's very important to see what could happen. And, you know, maybe he comes back on the practice squad. But really, who knows? I look at this and see that, you know, they're rebuilding. They're trying to get everything sorted out. And in a sense, they are doing a pretty, I guess, good job. But with this too, they're in a division where they want to win you know I know people have been saying the NFC South isn't a good division and I know that it's not the best looking one but still they want to be competitive they want to show what they can do with their first overall pick because sometimes rookie quarterbacks can do a good job and I feel like Bryce has that opportunity to show the NFL what he's capable of now, Christy can't be with us this Friday because she had a prior obligation, but don't worry, she will be back on our Tuesday episode, so get excited, everyone. It's going to be terrific. We can't wait for her to come back, but there is still a lot that we want to discuss, and I know I'm not Christy, and I know that I'm never going to be able to do Christy's Corner, but I'm still going to touch on a few points that needed to be discussed here. So, honestly, one of the big things that Christy had been discussing was Josh Jacobs and holding out. So Josh Jacobs has now decided that he is going to end his holdout. He's had reported to training camp. 
this is a great, I guess, thing for the Raiders because, you know, with them, they're breaking in a new quarterback and they can still have a pretty good offense. But I still think that with this, Josh Jacobs is a very big part. Now, does Josh Jacobs deserve to be paid? Absolutely. I feel like with Josh Jacobs, he's, you know, one of the better running backs in the NFL. He definitely deserves to be paid. And I think he is up for that. So I think this is huge for Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. Now, will the Raiders win in their division? Maybe. I mean, you know, it's a pretty competitive division with teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs. And I mean, who knows? Maybe the Broncos and Sean Payton signing all the former Saints players will help, but I'm not really sure. Now, moving on to our next sub point, the Colts had attempted a trade with Jonathan Taylor. Now, Jonathan Taylor has stated that he's not going to report to camp. He's not going to, you know, play for them. He's listed on the physically unable to perform list. They're looking for trade partners right now, and one trade partner was the Miami Dolphins. Ultimately, the Dolphins said no because the Colts wanted to get Jalen Waddle, And I feel like with this, you know, I agree with the Dolphins saying no because the Colts should not get Jalen Waddle. I mean, Jalen Waddle is great with Tua. He has great chemistry. He and Tyreek Hill are a great tandem for the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are trying to contend. So I feel like trading away your number two receiver isn't necessarily going to be good because as crazy as it sounds, one day Jalen Waddle will become that number one receiver when Tyreek Hill is retiring. I know that's a far way away, but with this, I mean, I think they did the right thing as well. So that's just definitely a very interesting thing in my perspective is seeing that they were so quick to say, oh yeah, we want Jalen Waddle. And it's, uh, no, we're not giving you Jalen Waddle. What the heck is wrong with you? So I think that they did the right thing. And I mean, I'm all for, you know, keep as many with receivers with chemistry together. I think that's going to be terrific, especially for this team as they work to contend for a playoff spot. Now, our next point, which is in regards to Alabama, the Alabama offensive line this year. Right now, this offensive line averages at 6'5", 339 pounds. That's incredible, and this team shows that they want to be big, nasty, and oh yeah, run the ball. Bill O'Brien is not there anymore. He should totally run the ball now. Tommy Reese loves to run the ball. I think it's going to be terrific. So I'm all for it. I say, you know, run the ball, run it down their throats, do everything you want, because this team very much needs to be dominant again. You've got JC Latham, who's 6'6", 360 pounds. Tyler Booker, 6'5", 352 pounds. Seth McLaughlin, the center, the leader of the offensive line, 6'4", 305. Terrence Ferguson and Caden Proctor, 6'7", 360, and 6'4", 322. And Darian Delcourt, 6'3", 320. This is, these are some big, nasty guys who are going to push you around. This is an experienced O-line, too. And you've got J.C. Latham, Seth McLaughlin, Tyler Booker, and Darian Dalcourt who have all started. I think with this, you know, they need to get back to their basics and run the ball. Do what they did at, when Nick Saban first got here, when you had players like Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Glenn Coffey, T.J. Yeldon, and then when you had Derrick Henry as well. 
after a little bit of time, you know, they kind of got away from that, but that's okay. But I think they're going to go back to running the ball and going back to their roots as well. Another sub point that is important too is that the Patriots released two backup quarterbacks. Now they ultimately signed them back to the practice squad, but this team did not have another active quarterback on their roster besides Mac Jones. I mean, in Mac we trust, and this is Mac Jones' team, but this was definitely a little weird from Bill Belichick to, you know, not only get rid of your two backup quarterbacks. But then also to trade away your kicker as well. So it's definitely, you know, a little all over the place as well here. And, of course, we've got the surprising cuts when it comes to the NFL. So with this, you know, it's always expected to see what's going to happen when it comes to NFL cuts. And I was definitely a little surprised as well because you've got a few teams that had some cuts that you didn't expect, you know, the Saints cut Blake Gilkin, their punter for the past few years. And then also as well, you've got some other teams like the Cowboys who released Jabril Cox, who they had drafted a few years ago. You had the Giants who released Colin Johnson, who was factored to be very big in here as well. And then you also had a player like Albert Okwoop, Bukan, I'm probably messing that up. I'm so sorry. Oku Weg Bunam, who was traded. And he was definitely, you know, a surprise too. But I mean, I think with this, it was very crazy to see that there were going to be so many different trades and so many different waves and cuts for this team. But, you know, it's something we have to kind of keep our eyes open on and just see really what happens. Because, you know, a lot of these guys can be brought back. You know, a lot of them might just go to the practice squad, um, Others might just, you know, come back to the active roster. We really don't know, but we will just have to keep updated. And finally, we've got our SEC pickums. So at this time right now, we have Florida trailing Utah and Missouri playing South Dakota State and winning. We obviously had, you know, Vanderbilt play last week. So we're going to kind of go through and decide who we think is going to win these games. So we've got between Virginia and Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee. Obviously, I know that they've talked about Jill Milton and how he can throw a ball farther than Jamarcus Russell. That's great, I guess. But, you know, it's Virginia and they're known for basketball. Kentucky, Ball State. I'm going Kentucky. Ball State just, I don't think, can handle it the way that is expected, which is okay. I mean, their first conference out-of-conference opponent. So that's my thought there. Arkansas, West Carolina. I'm going Arkansas, West Carolina. Can't match up with the SEC in this, so I'd be very surprised if they do. Ole Miss, Mercer. I'm taking Ole Miss. I feel like Ole Miss is just, you know, going to handle this as usual. Auburn, Massachusetts. Definitely going to pick Auburn here. Massachusetts isn't really known for football, but I could see them also competing. Southeastern Louisiana versus Mississippi State. You can very much tell that this is an opening weekend I'm going Mississippi State. You know, remember, they want to do this for Coach Leach, who sadly passed away last year. So I'm going to go with them. Georgia, UT Martin. I can see this being Georgia, but I can see that there be some struggles. I guess we'll just have to see. Texas A&M, New Mexico. I'm going Texas A&M. They have a new offensive coordinator and Bobby Petrino, who's a terrible person. But I still feel like they're going to put up some points here. 
Vanderbilt, Alabama, A&M, Vanderbilt, I've got them winning here. And we'll just, you know, have to see what happens there. It would be very surprising to see Vanderbilt start off the season undefeated or September 5-0. But who knows? We've seen crazier things. North Carolina, South Carolina. I'm going with North Carolina here. I know that South Carolina has a pretty good team. And they have they had some great ending to the year last year. But North Carolina has a really good quarterback in May, and I think he's going to keep living up really well, and I think he can, you know, bring them back to prominence. We've got Alabama, middle of Tennessee State University. I'm going Alabama. Look, I graduated from Alabama. I don't know who the quarterback is. I need everyone to stop freaking out about it and save him. We trust, but that's where my mindset is. And then LSU, FSU. This is a tough one here. Now, LSU is picked to win, but I could see FSU competing in this game and keeping it close. So I'm still going to go LSU, but I could see it being FSU. But this is it for right now on Jacob's attempt to host Christie's Corner. Obviously, we'll let Christy host these more from now on. But thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see y'all in the future. And back to Jake's Takes Corner. But that's going to do for this New Orleans Live-based episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the, all the love and support. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, so 14 or my personal Twitter, at Swaked by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, at Christy underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sorts of different forms and varieties. We will be back on Tuesday to recap some other news throughout the NFL and college football. And of course, sports. As always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We greatly mean it when we say thank you for everything y'all have done. It truly has meant a lot. As always, as always, Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Make a difference in this world. Bring smiles into this world. The world is still a very scary place and it needs our help. And as always, as always, as always, thank you so much for everything that y'all have done. I truly cannot say thank you enough for all the support y'all have given over the past few weeks. It really means a lot. And we thank you for it. And we will see you later. Take care.